We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome to another special episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by six-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champ, and all-around great guy, Nick Leckie. And just for uh, Nick, before we bring it up, yes, I'm in an airport right now. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, yeah, there's not a lot of people around me now, but there will be soon. So if you catch some strange noises for those who are listening and then those who are watching on YouTube, wonder what's going on. Uh, I'm getting ready to catch a flight here in about an hour. What's up, Nick? Hey, uh, great game from the Chiefs. Looked a little shaky, but... Um, you know, they're coming through with the victory. It always helps and uh, total team defense. And it uh, looks like Matt Rule trying to uh, lay down the law for how teams are going to play Kansas City from here on out. Yeah, we saw it last year with Baltimore going for it on fourth down all the time. The teams are just going to pull out all the tricks and do everything they can, fake punts and uh, all kinds of special teams, the onside kick stuff. Like they, they're doing everything they possibly can. But uh, good win for the Chiefs. Uh, this one, you weren't worried about it, but these are one of those games where there's not a lot of storylines besides, I guess, McCaffrey coming back and, and all that. Besides the injury stuff, like there was nothing to really sink your teeth into in this game. You got the bye week coming up. Uh, but Chiefs take care of business, moved 8-1 and one on the season. And the one thing, Nick, that – uh, not to out anybody because I don't know the broadcast rules, but I'm just going to say when you say it's a total team effort, it's a team effort here at Outside the Trenches because uh, we couldn't get the game here at the airport. So someone uh, that may or may not be associated with this show may or may not have used FaceTime uh, with someone who else who may or may not be on this show to watch that game <laughs> in the second half. Uh, so one said co-host could have takes for you. Yes. But, um uh, not a lot of surprises from what we saw. We saw big defensive plays from Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And then offensively, we saw Patrick Mahomes take complete control of the MVP race for anyone that wasn't already just assuming that he should be in the lead uh, with what we saw from Russell Wilson uh, with four turnovers and a loss to Buffalo uh, and Patrick Mahomes with what he's doing. But Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill uh, doing what they do. It was a great team win. Uh, Nick, what were your kind of main takeaways from this game? My main takeaway is, is Matt Rule reinforcing what you have to do to try and beat Kansas City. And it's you got to be straight up 100% play Madden, right? So you, you got you to go for fake punts. Uh, you got to go for it on fourth and 14 with 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Um, you know, anything you could do to steal possession and to keep Mahomes off the field. So it was a combination of, of all the uh, chicanery. And then also the the first drive was really indicative of, I think it was like an like a eight-minute drive. Of, I think I, I wrote it down in my notes. And it was a, um, yeah, almost a nine-minute drive, 15 plays. 
And that's what you want to do. And it's it's common sense and you don't overthink it. And from here on out, Kansas City has to be ready for for moves like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we joke and I was looking at some of the box score in the first half because we were driving to the airport and we were kind of watching it as we could. Uh, but looking at the rushing numbers, I think they ran the ball up until maybe the last couple of drives, like eight times total, didn't have success on the ground. We're chucking it like 40 times. And it's easy when you have success, but, uh, you know, the results being one thing, you don't have to get on off. You don't have to get on a post-game podcast with a former offensive lineman who does not like watching us when we cannot run the ball and, and physically move people on the line of scrimmage. But what did you see up front? I know you always have an eye up there as far as what Clyde Edwards, Zilaire, Le'Veon Bell. I know you kind of had your eye on those guys going into this game. I think to me it's more just a lack of downhill runs where, where you know, you, you try to run the ball through the RPOs and and they were they were keying on that and being able to play running back and Mahomes at the same time. And it's like, you know, I think what Carolina did, I think I think Kansas City can borrow Carolina's method and they just hand the ball off to the running back and you're 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 going straight downhill. And on these backside zones, right? You can you can either hit it on the front side or, or hit it on the backside. And you just get yards that way, right? You fall forward and it's hit or miss and it's, it's clunky, but it works and it really works. And it'd be a cool way to buttress um, th- this Chiefs attack would be to get a power run game and not like power pulling the guards, but just downhill runs. I think that's what you need yep. to incorporate more because four rushing attempts in the first half, man, you just like, you got you to gotta try something different too. Yeah. And speaking of trying something different, we should have led with this, but we're four minutes into the show and we appreciate everybody who's gotten us this far. We have a special announcement. Um, we know that Jack Stack is the presenting sponsor and you know our partner uh, with this podcast and they've stepped up and we've got a special outside the trenches game day pack that is going to be available starting next week. It's only available the day before Chiefs games and the day of Chiefs games, but it's going to be one pound of beef burn ends, which is solid, one pound pulled pork, which is classic. 10 fire kiss chicken wings, which just delicious. And then you've got the all-star sides. You've got the one pint of hickory pit beans, the one pint of cheesy corn bake. And again, this package is only available for carry out and it will be available the day before and the day of games. The normal price would be $60. But if you use the promo code trenches, 10, that is trenches, 10, all capitalized 10, the number, that discounts this outside the trenches game day pack by $10. So you get all that for 50 bucks. You can feed the whole family on a game day or the day before. So uh, excited to announce that you'll see that all over the place on social media. Now that we've gotten that all lined up, but uh, going into the bye week if uh, you want to sit back and watch some of the other AFC West games, have some Jack stack barbecue, you'll be just like Nick and I uh, crunching on some Jack stack barbecue. So make sure to do that. But Nick, the other thing with this game that we, you'll, we talk so much about Patrick Mahomes and we always say, you know, don't normalize what's special about what he's doing and the records he's breaking. We talked about it on the broadcast, but fastest player in NFL history to a hundred career touchdown passes and doing that in just 40 games. It is crazy to think about what this guy's normalized just his third year as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think it's, it talks about that marriage uh, between Mahomes and the enemy and Reed, where they kind of have they, they found each other. You need that, right? There's Sean Payton, Drew Brees. There was Belichick and Brady. And you just have that relationship where you have a good feel for each other. You know what you want to do. And, and you, you recognize those talents and you're using them. Right. And it's just really cool to see. And I think Mahomes, the only guy who makes a four touchdown game look boring, just absolutely <laughs> yeah. boring. And I think it all comes down to red zone efficiency, too. I mean, they get down, you know, you're going to score a TD. And it's, it's pure brilliance. And as a former offensive lineman, uh, I can respect that. And, and you know what? They're using gadgetry, 
right? They had they had Mahomes where he kind of he kind of drifted <laughs> off and came through and he looked like you know he it's like the pre-snap, right? Where you think you're gonna get him flowing one way and you come back and they got layers on layers on depth. Uh, for everything they do in the red zone. And it's, it's a thing of beauty to have great plays in the red zone. Yeah, there was one other play that they ran that it was a variation of a play they run a lot. And I just, I've never seen this variation. And I remember, I don't want to out the player because this is one of those things that despite how simple it seems, these are the sensitive things they don't like to give away, but um, I'm going to use my better judgment here. And that I've been told that, you know, the Chiefs on some of the screenplays and the RPOs, they've got 15, 16 variations of a one play and just different looks, different leverages that they're seeing. But I feel like we saw a new variation of a play. At least I hadn't seen it before with that RPO where kind of Kelsey leaked out on kind of like a seam route off the RPO to like the, the boundary side of the field. Um, so it was a play that I hadn't seen. It picked up like 20 yards at key time. I think it was in the third quarter, but um, I always say that Travis Kelsey is my guy that it always seems to settle down the offense when they need a big play or they just need to move the sticks. He's the one that they go to. And we saw him go off for another hundred yards. Tyreek Hill went off and had a huge game with a couple of touchdowns, especially those ones late. But um, Patrick Mahomes mentioned it earlier this year through nine games, 25 touchdowns, one interception, and then the last two games, 780 yards, nine touchdowns, and no interceptions. This is like video game. This is what I do in Madden when I get like the creative player and I just make my quarterback like 6'9, like <laughs> 270 and runs like a 4'2. Uh, I don't even think I could put up numbers in a video game like what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now. Oh, it's great. And, and if you look at it from an aspect, he's, he's perfect in every play except for his running ability. His running ability, it's not quite as good as Teddy B, but I'll take for what he can do with his arm. And it's like he does not have to beat you with his legs, man. And and it shows you it's like passing in soccer. You know, it's way more effective than, than dribbling with it or running with the ball. So even as, as an offensive lineman, I'm like trying to run a ball just a little bit just to throw off some tendencies, but that's not your bread and butter. You know, that's yeah. not your bread and butter. And it's working. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, if we haven't figured out by now, Patrick Mahomes really fancies himself an athlete. He's a, he's a good athlete, but, you know, all the, hey, did I look like Lamar and just all the running. And to his credit, though, we talk about his athleticism. Some of the biggest plays he's made this year in some of those key moments, those third and nines where everybody drops back in man coverage and he runs for a first down. Those are just backbreakers uh, when you finally have everything covered and you can't make, you know, the best arm talent pure throwing quarterback to ever play football you finally have a defense that he can't read and then he just tucks it and runs for nine yards and he's just laughing the whole time uh it's always fun to watch but uh, i want to go to the other side of the ball and nick i apologize you made a nice outline you always make fun no, you're, of you're good you're good, you're good. i'm not following it at all but i want to go to the other side of the ball because the guy our favorite guy um on the defense i should say one of our favorite guys um frank clark the drive late in the third quarter when it seemed like the chiefs took just took control of the game. There's a three-play sequence that included a sack that Frank Clark just took over. And it just, that's what you have him for. I don't care what the final numbers are. I don't care how many sacks he has at the end of the year. When you have a close game late in the second half, I think this was uh, late in the third quarter, uh, he steps up and makes the kind of impact plays that, that put the game in your favor. And we saw the defense really overall wasn't their best performance today, but when they had to and when the leverage or the, the pressure was at its highest, they had to get a stop. Frank Clark, Chris Jones, we saw those guys take over. He really did. And it, it's just cool to see that in these, these crucial times that, that Frank will start chasing sacks. And I think that's important is you got to play, you got to play discipline the whole game. And it's like at first he was kind of playing off and wasn't really trying to go for stuff. And, and he got a sack off of one time just a hustle play. And the other time it was like a TE where he came around the edge and was able to get some pressure. And it was just cool to see when, when those things with um, Spags that he can just dial that up. 
and said, okay, okay, this is an obvious passing down. Uh, let, let, let's go for some stuff, you know? And I think Spags was aggressive and he was, he was blitzing a lot. Uh, all the linebackers do a double blitzes and things like that. It was just really cool to see the, the pressure being, you know, probably 70% of the time. Uh, just getting there and just it was really cool really cool to see and and Bridgewater he hurt him with his legs a couple times but that was the best shot that was a Super Bowl for um for for Carolina and for Matt Rule man they were doing everything they can to win this game yeah and shout out to uh to McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson uh particularly D-Rob because D-Rob caught a lot of flack early in the year for some of the plays that didn't make um she still ended up winning those games but uh Demarcus Robinson stepped up and he's made some really big plays the same thing with McCole Hardman particularly early in this game uh there are some key drives where the Chiefs extended some uh, extended some drives thanks to McColl making plays. So it's always going to take everybody. We knew that we saw it last year, um, but we shouldn't normalize you know the other guys making plays too, just because Kelsey and Tyree Kill or you know and Patrick Mahomes could go down as the most dangerous three skill players together at a time ever. I mean, I don't know the numbers and I feel like people just throw those things out there, but it's getting to the point now where they keep putting up numbers like. Can you make an argument? I mean, I know you're a Dallas guy, so I. I mean, no, I, I don't think I don't think like Troy Aikman to Jay Novacek and Trey, Troy Aikman to Michael Irvin um, is as prolific uh, as as Mahomes are. I mean, the stats are just stupid from from now versus the '90s uh, yeah. when you're talking about like the heyday of you know Dallas Cowboy football. But no, it's really and it's crazy. At one time, you have three players in their absolute primes right now and it's it's really a thing of beauty that that as you mentioned before don't normalize that but we have i mean you, you almost expect it you almost expect crazy stats and it's i like, already think yes i already think travis kelsey's in the hall of fame i mean he's already there yeah. patrick Mahomes is gonna get there and tyreek if he has a couple more years like this he's gonna be in there he's gonna be a top three receiver in his prime for five six years he's gonna have multiple super bowls and people look back at Patrick Mahomes' career, they're always going to include Kelsey and Tyree Kill in that conversation. It's not just about him. It's about the guys that he was throwing to and the guys that he was making plays with, particularly if it's in one place. Um, you know, we saw it with Peyton Manning. It was him and Marvin Harrison. But then he went to Denver and had those years, and it was Emmanuel Sanders. And it was, um, you know, some of those other guys. Uh, uh, Demarius Thomas, uh, when they were kind of in their heyday with guys. So and Tom Brady, was the Randy Moss years. Uh, put up the big numbers, but those weren't the years that they won Super Bowls either. So to do that together and to have the big numbers, the prime, along with the success in the winning games and, and finding success in the playoffs, that's where it gets. But uh, what else do you have on your outline, Nick? I'm just uh, I'm flying no, over here. No, no, you're good. So the, the next thing I want to talk about was uh, the, the things that you were kind of watching for before the game and, and how that panned out. Yeah, for me, it was just Travis Kelsey. It's always going to be that because I feel like defensively, uh, you can bracket Tyreek, you can drop the safeties, you can always have a guy over the top of him, but where you can get really creative uh, and putting multiple guys, I mean, how many different, you're never putting anybody but a corner on Tyreek. Like, you can't do that. But with Travis, you can put a corner, you can try a linebacker, you can try a safety, you can try combos of all those things. You can chip them at the line of scrimmage. You do all these different things. And I didn't see a lot of that in the first half, but in the second half, you just saw a lot of free releases for him. Uh, they weren't necessarily up in his face from what I saw, and I didn't see the whole game. Uh, so I'm sure somebody will break it down and, and show all the examples of how I'm wrong. But I uh, I didn't see them really get up uh, in his face line of scrimmage. You give him a free release, you get him at the second level. We saw him turning you know, DBs around uh, just because the little details. I know they showed it a few times in the broadcast uh, with some of those kind of out-and-up moves, um, those sluggos, whatever they call them, where 
kind of fakes the like he's going like a nine route and then kind of cuts inside and gets the DB to turn his body just from the way he moves his shoulders, the way he kind of looks where he's going, he kind of manipulates with his head. Um, all of those actions force the DB to do what they do is they react to it and it creates that separation in that space. And you have a tight end who's doing that to defensive backs. It's just not fair. And that's why we're seeing Travis Kelsey continue to put up the kind of numbers that we've never seen from a tight end at all at any point in NFL history. That That is what is happening right now. This has never been done in NFL history and we'll appreciate it more in 15 years because that's just the nature of the big picture of how everybody looks at it. But I'm going to keep screaming that this is the best stretch we've ever seen from a tight end in the National Football League. You know, and, and I think uh, b- before the game, uh, I kind of was keen on Teddy Bridgewater. You know, watched him play in New Orleans last year when when Drew Brees, uh, you know, went down. And I think that he learned a lot and kind of refined his game a little bit where he was making some really athletic moves. And people don't give him enough credit for his athleticism, uh, for, for, for some of the throws, and just for being a good, good leader. And you could tell, like, you know, they got down a little bit, but there was no quit. There was no give up. And almost like Teddy, I'm excited to see over the years, Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule kind of combine with each other uh, and, and how they play. And, you know, Teddy Bridge in the second half made some great plays with his legs, uh, you know, and, and it was cool. There was one play where he caught this ball and there was no hesitation. It was a QB draw and he got it. And it was just, yeah. it, stuff like that, the little timing stuff where quick snaps and, and, you know, running the play quickly, you can get yards in a hurry and just, you know, having those clutch throws on fourth and 14. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah, and I, I couldn't have more respect for Teddy Bridgewater. I was a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan when he was coming out of Louisville. I liked him mm-hmm. as a quarterback because the things that I love about quarterbacks and just watching them in college, guys who are poised, so when there's chaos around them, they can be calm inside the pocket and not start looking at the rush. They can step up. They can move around uh, without really panicking. And then he was accurate and he was smart. Like those are the three things. You don't have to have the biggest arm in the world. Um, when you have all those things and you have a huge arm and you have playmaking, but you're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> outside of that, you, you're smart, you're tough, you're accurate, and you're poised inside the pocket. And you have those things. And I always saw those from Teddy. So that's why I always said, like, I feel like this guy, when he gets an opportunity, can be a really good starting quarterback in the National Football League. And you talk about his, his running ability. He didn't do that a lot at Louisville. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't what he was known for. He's a pocket quarterback. And for him to still have that part of his game and for him to be willing to do that based on the injury that he came back from when he was up in Minnesota is even more impressive to the story of Teddy Bridgewater now finally getting that opportunity in Carolina, which as a football fan in general, I love to see guys who come back from stuff because that injury, there was a chance he was going to lose his leg had the Vikings head athletic trainer, who's actually Eric Sugarman, uh, who's a disciple of Chiefs athletic head athletic trainer and the vice president of sports performance for him, Rick Burkholder. Eric Sugarman had worked under Rick Burkholder and he goes off to Minnesota and his name was out there because he basically saved Teddy Bridgewater's leg, which also saved his career, which gave him that opportunity. So there's that whole full circle thing. And in some ways it connects back to the Chiefs through Rick, but um, huge Teddy Bridgewater fan. I think the the Panthers are a team on the way up. I like Matt Rule as a coach. I like the aggressiveness. I don't think it was aggressiveness to be careless. I think it was aggressiveness that was needed. I know on the broadcast, they were criticizing the fourth down. And I said, I don't criticize you going for it on fourth down in that situation. I criticize you down nine in the fourth quarter and you punt it back to Patrick Mahomes <laughs> because you're at the 50 yard line. And two plays worse. later, yeah. two plays later, you're in midfield. Like, yeah. with Patrick yeah. Mahomes throwing the football, like, what? You, you don't punt him the ball back. We've seen that time and time again. Why give him the ball back? He's the best player in football, He's the best offense in football. You got to keep, you got to leave your offense out there. You got to give him a chance. 
No, it makes sense too. And I think Louisville slowly becoming quarterback too. <laughs> is that true? Is that is that so? Look at T- Teddy B and Lamar Jackson. There you go. There, there you are. go. All right. What else we got? Uh, that, that's it. Uh, so, uh, as you know, uh, I wanted to say a few words on Alex Trebek. Uh, he, yep. he passed away today after a long battle of cancer. And and I just think that that he's one of those people where I don't usually like when celebrities die, it's like if someone else dies, right? It's the person who really didn't come into my life, didn't affect me too much. But Alex Trebek has been there forever for me. I remember coming home from school and I was a latchkey kid and watching Trebek and watching uh, you know, in learning knowledge and him being such a, a, a wonderful host where it looked like he was talking down you, but he was just trying to say the, the right answers to you. And he was like a special part of my life as a kid because I'd be home with myself and I'd be I'd be watching Jeopardy and, and just seeing him do his thing, be a host, be consistent throughout his whole time. And it really inspired sort of my, my love of knowledge, uh, my love of reading books and, and just the way he, he handled this whole cancer thing and, and in his death, you know, his legacy will, will live on through everything. And so I just wanted to, to pour out some liquor and say RIP to Alex Trebek. Awesome. That's a great tribute. And uh, we saw that when we were out driving around. And uh, the other thing we haven't, we haven't talked about on the other side of things, and uh, this is not a political statement uh, and i just triggered like half of our listeners immediately but um where we're at as a country right now i, I love the unification messaging that's coming out right now again that's not taking sides you can believe what you believe and you can um do so with love in your heart at the same time and not to be like sappy about things but uh somebody with two young kids and a daughter uh, you know seeing kamala harris uh the first you know female you know, vice president the first you know african-american um, vice president, it, it's special. Uh, somebody who's you know has an African American you know godson and nephew, and um, this unification is bringing people together and being positive uh, and bringing people together. I think is a great message, and I know it's something that's been going on the last week as we've been traveling uh, down here um, for work. Uh, but I really want to spread that positivity, um, like I know a lot of people do, despite. You know your differences in political. What you think is best for the country? We can all agree that we um, don't have to, to hate each other to to disagree. And uh, I think that's a great message that's being put out there right now. Well put. Awesome. And other than that, make sure you get the outside the trenches a game day pack starting next week from Jack Stack Barbecue. Again, a pound of beef burn ends, a pound of pulled pork, ten fire kiss chicken wings, a pint of hickory pit beans. A pint of cheesy corn bake and when you buy that online and again it's carry out only on the weekends or the day before or the day of chiefs games but use the promo code trenches 10 again trenches all caps and then the number one and then a zero you will get ten dollars off again that's at jack stack barbecue and we appreciate all of them and i'm gonna give one last plug here nick as we plug everything we plug subscribing on apple subscribe on youtube subscribe 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 we've got the live show coming up after the bye week on the 22nd it should be a lot of fun and then nick you and i will record just like we always do post game but uh, the other thing i want to plug has nothing to do with the chiefs or outside the trenches but uh i've been i spent the last five days uh traveling with uh, billy quatch and evan miller two of the producers that i work with at let it fly media uh working on the story of the browns running back dearness johnson uh, it's one of those things I've been working on since I started at Let It Fly. I hadn't really promoted or talked about it just because, you know, we hadn't done anything yet. It's been a lot of planning, but uh, I spent a couple of days with the Ernest in Cleveland and then uh, came down here to Florida, drove all over creation. Um, if you're familiar with Florida, we basically did a gigantic circle around Florida the last three days. I've done 
14 interviews with different people telling you know the story of his life. And one of them was a former teammate of yours and Hall of Fame running back, Edger and James. I'm disappointed I did not ask you about that going into it. But the one thing I tell you, my first impression of Edron James is that guy is a businessman. He owns so many things. He has got a lot going on. Very sharp, very intelligent. Loved the chance to sit down and speak with him. And uh, Chiefs fans, don't worry. The first thing he said when he sat down is, I don't want to talk about your career because I'm a Chiefs fan. And let's just leave it there. And I don't want to talk about it. He goes, I tore my ACL at Arrowhead Stadium. I go, we shouldn't talk about that either. This is about Dearness. And let's just stay there because I don't want to get upset. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think Edge is one of my favorite running backs, man. He used to do really cool things. Like if he got over 100 yards rushing, he would write everyone a check for for that amount. So if he got like 175 yards rushing, he'd write us a check. Uh, he'd always take care of us. You know, we'd go out to, to lunch and, and uh, hang out on Fridays and he'd cover lunch and just little things, man. He's just really cool guy and um, wicked smart. Uh, he yeah. learned cool yeah. from uh, uh, Jeanette Lee, I believe, the Black Widow. So man could shoot some pool. Uh, okay. really brilliant at chess really that, good at chess him and i played some good chess matches so just that doesn't surprise uh, me and just a hustler and and smart yeah. and hustling and he gamble and just smart moves and uh just i loved him i really yeah. did him, just man. a plug in dude he's just yep. one of those guys who'll know a little bit about everything and is going to be a perfect mentor he and dearness johnson are you know related through marriage uh do, Dearness Johnson grew up in Immokalee, Florida, and that's where Edger and James is from. So that's the connection for anyone who's listening, saying how's their uh, – they are related. They're both from Immokalee. It's a small town in Florida. Uh, it's a rough area. You know, we spent the last – we spent basically three-quarters of a day there with his family, uh, interviewing him, telling a story. And like I said, Dearness Johnson uh, grew up in a rough area, uh, had a lot of things that – you have to watch the story. I can't tell all of it in a short amount of time, but uh, got an opportunity at the AAF. That was kind of his big break. And uh, played for the Orlando Apollos for Steve Spurrier. Um, actually had a chance to, to interview Tim Russell, the GM there, uh, for the Orlando Apollos, who signed the artist there. And that was cool. And then earlier today, I uh, interviewed Tim Montgomery, uh, who I remember from when I was in high school, like fastest man. He was Usain Bolt before Usain Bolt. And then uh, he made some some poor decisions that, that Tim's very open and honest about. He's gotten through that. He's had some struggles. And now he trains guys and um, – it's really cool the way he's giving back. I had a chance to sit down and talk with him. But the one story I want to tell you about Edrin, I don't know if you know this, and you will not be surprised about it. Uh, when we interviewed him, we interviewed him in a place that he calls the property. Uh, it's a basically a compound. It's like four acres that he owns. It's a full basketball court. It has all this stuff. But he owns the house, and his family stays there. But uh, during the summer, for like six weeks, he has a bunch of high school kids, young kids, whoever wants to play running back, comes there and trains. There was like a sand pit with a bunch of big tires. There was a gym. There was like a tra- area for like a track. They just come, and I don't think they, ch- I don't think he charges them anything. They, they they stay there. Like his mom or his grandma like stays there and cooks for all of them. And he said like you know it's always the door is always open, but I'm not going to chase you. That's what he tells all the guys. And Dearness was actually one of the guys who went there and trained when he was younger since they had that relationship. But uh, the way that he's given back and this property just owns it for that reason um, and didn't really make it seem like it was a big deal. He's like, yeah, just have him come train. I'm not like, you know, I have family stay here. They cook for him and da 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 da. I was like, that's really freaking cool to give back in that way. And he's just like, yeah. And he owns a bunch of clubs and a bunch of other stuff. So he's, he's got his hand in everything. It was a joke for all of us. We were driving around the rest of Florida. I was like, hey, where do you want to eat? He's like, oh, Edge owns this place. Let's just, <laughs> That's let's about just right. eat here. Let's just eat here. But uh, excited. That story will come out in like six weeks. We got to get back. And I got to get cranking on that thing. But uh, it should be, you don't have to be, you know, you can be any kind of football fan or just a 
a fan of stories to know what Dearness has gone through and his, his personality and all that. Uh, I couldn't recommend it more, not just because we're doing it, but because it's one of the, it's one of the good ones. And the more good stories we can all hear about right now, after what we've been listening to and dealing with for the last few months um, from everybody, uh, it, it'll be worth it. Agreed. Promise. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody for tuning in to this special episode of Outside the Trenches from me here in Jacksonville, Florida, stuck in a corner of the airport. And Nick back in Kansas City, but Chiefs moved to eight and one on the season. They're going into the bye week. Uh, Nick, maybe we find time to record later this week or next week. Tell some bye week stories or something. Oh, I love the bye week. Do you think we could find? I feel bad. For, I don't feel bad. I don't know how I want to say this, but players can't go anywhere for the bye week this week. So I asked a lot of, you know, I did pregame radio and they said, hey, is this a trap game? The guys are looking forward to the bye week and all this stuff. And I was like, I really can't go anywhere. No plans. <laughs> no plans. No, no. You can't fly back. Yeah, I don't think I can. Yeah. You can't leave the state. So it was the same reason with Dearness. Like it was the Browns bye week. He couldn't leave Cleveland. Otherwise he would have come down to Florida with us. So we went up to Cleveland, uh, hung out with him for a couple of days, went fishing with him out on Lake Erie. Did, like I said, we did some cool stuff. I'm excited to get that story out. But um, anyway. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this special, shortest episode of Outside the Trenches you will ever see. But we appreciate you for listening. Chiefs 8-1 on the season in the driver's seat and have the bye week next week. So hopefully everybody can get healthy, get rested. Perfect time for the bye week and then finish the regular season strong. Try to get that one seed, get a get a bye, and get back in as many home games at Arrowhead State in the playoffs as they can. But good stuff for the Chiefs. We will catch you next time. And, again, the next game, the Sunday night game on the – 22nd of November. We have a live show from Jack Stack Barbecue. Please tune in. It should be a lot of fun. But for Nick, I'm BJ. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.